Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. I do want to talk to you today about the sound of Pentecost. And I believe that when we see what's happening around us in our world, it makes it very, very clear that the world needs the power of Holy Spirit operating on a regular basis. The world needs the church to be the church. Far too long the church has ignored or downplayed the presence and the power of Holy Spirit. And as a result, we're reaping what we've sowed. God is desiring to bring great revival into our lives and to change men and women by the power of the Spirit of God, just as He did on the day of Pentecost. So look with me to Acts chapter 2. And let's read these verses beginning in verse 1 down through verse 4. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. One set on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to talk to you about, about the sound of Pentecost. The sound of Pentecost. So the word sound in Acts chapter 2 verse 2 is from the Greek word echos. And it literally means a loud noise, a roar happened at that day and in that time. And when I began thinking about the sound of Pentecost, I also began thinking about the fact that throughout Scripture, there have been times that God has used a sound to introduce a new age or a new day, both in the life of Israel and in the life of the church. So I want to go through just three examples of that sound in the Old Testament and how God used it to bring a new day and a new time to His people in that particular moment. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came with a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. I want you to think back to the book of Joshua. There you'll read the story of Joshua leading the children of Israel across the Jordan River and into the promised land. You remember the promise that was given to Abraham, right? <clears throat> we call it the Abrahamic covenant. It was the promise that God said to Abraham for the first time, I will make you a mighty nation. And then as you follow the chronology of Abraham and his sons and their sons, you'll see that they were a people of certain, but they were never yet a nation. Remember the story how famine came to the land. They moved to Egypt. They ended up staying there 400 years and became slaves. Then Moses came along and brought great deliverance for the people of Israel, for the Hebrews. But still, they weren't a nation. But when Moses died and Joshua assumed the leadership of the people of Israel, the Hebrews, God told them, God told him to take them across the Jordan River and inherit and to encompass and to receive the promise given to Abraham, the land that was promised to your forefather. And so in that passage of Scripture, you see that Joshua did that very thing. Matter of fact, the Lord told him in chapter 2, you need to listen to what I'm saying and follow me because you've never walked this way before. What was he saying? It's a new day, Joshua. It's a new time. You've never experienced this. You don't understand this. You've never walked this road before. 
And then you turn over to Joshua chapter 6. And you'll see that the first thing that they had to conquer and overcome was the city of Jericho, which the Bible says it was a great walled city and it was shut up tight against the Israelites, against the Hebrews. And God gave Joshua a plan to overcome, to defeat Jericho. He said, what I want you to do is once a day for six days, march around the city and don't make a sound. But on the seventh day, he marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time, I want the priests to blow the trumpets. And when the people, listen to me, when the people hear the sound of the trumpets, they are to lift up a great shout and the walls will come down. When you read the scripture, that's precisely what happened. It was at the sound of the people's voice. It was with that echo from the Greek. And when you read it in the Hebrew, it's ruah. It's translated in the Greek as echo. When you hear that echo, that sound, that loud noise, the walls came down around Jericho. It's an amazing thing. God used a sound to introduce a new age for his people. And from that moment forward, no longer were they just a people, they become a nation with a land they possessed. They inherited what God had promised to Abraham. Interesting note, there are seven weeks from Passover to Pentecost. Seven weeks. Seven days, the children of Israel marched around the city of Jericho. And on that seventh day, it was a sound that brought the victory and brought them into their destiny. I've come to tell you this morning, God launched Israel as a nation with a sound. And he launched you and I as a church with a sound when Holy Spirit came to planet Earth. The sound that they issued that day, that shout of victory brought victory to them and led them through battle after battle after battle, conquest after conquest, defeated enemy after enemy with the sound that was issued that day. My question to you this morning is, can you hear the sound? Can you hear the sound? Do you hear the sound of the rushing mighty wind? Can you hear the sound? Second place to find this in Scripture where God used a sound to mark a new day and a new age for his people Israel is found in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. To give you the backstory, Elijah was the prophet of Israel. Ahab was the wicked king. Matter of fact, the Bible says he was worse than any other kings that had all put together. He was so wicked. And Elijah prophesied there'd be no rain on the land because of his wickedness. So for three and a half years, it didn't rain over all of Israel. And then it says that God told Elijah to speak again. There's going to be rain. You can read it in chapter 17. But before there's rain, you're going to defeat the evil, the enemy, the prophets of Baal, the prophets of a false god. And you all know the story. The battle happened there on the Mount Carmel. Elijah challenged them to a contest. Whosoever God answers by fire, then that God is the true God and that God Israel will really serve. You know the story, the prophets of Baal from early in the morning till the time of the evening sacrifice called on their God. They cut themselves, they screamed, they yelled, they did everything, but there was nothing but silence. There was no sound. And then Elijah said, your time is up, it's my turn. He rebuilt the altar of the Lord. He slaughtered the bull and put it on the altar. And then he had him pour 12 buckets of water over that altar. And then he said, Lord... Show yourself. 
Fire fell from heaven. The Bible says that the fire consumed the altar, the sacrifice, the wood, the stones. Everything was consumed by the fire of God falling in that moment of time. And then Elijah said, make sure those evil guys don't get away. And he took them down to the book Kidron and slew them there. Now here's an interesting point. You turn over to chapter 18, beginning in verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. What had happened in Israel? Three and a half years of drought. Three and a half years of no rain whatsoever. Three and a half years when there hadn't been a cloud in the sky or a sprinkle in the air or dew on the ground of a morning. Three and a half years of no moisture in the desert. Everything was dead. Everything was brown. Nothing was alive. Nothing was growing. But Elijah, after killing the prophets of Baal, said to the wicked king, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Now listen to me, friend. This was before he went back up onto the top of Mount Carmel. This is before he prayed seven times. This is before his servant said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand forming over the Mediterranean Sea. It was before any of that happened, he heard a sound. I'm asking you, do you hear the sound of rain this morning? Do you hear the sound of revival? Rain symbolized in that culture, in that area, in that geography, and topography. It symbolized new life. It symbolized regeneration. It symbolized renewal. For with the rain, things begin to live again. With the rain, crops begin to grow again. With the rain, the famine was broken. When Elijah said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain, he's saying, God is coming. He's going to do something mighty. He's changing the destiny of the nation from worshiping false gods and false idols to worshiping the true and the living God. Do you hear the sound? Do you hear the sound? Third example from the Old Testament, you'll find it in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. David had become king of Israel. Now, for those of you who are Bible scholars, you know that seven years previous, he became king of Judah, only over two tribes. But now the other ten, Israel, came together and they asked him to be their king as well. This was the fulfillment of his destiny. He was anointed as a boy to the king over Israel by the prophet Samuel. Years have passed, seven years ruling a diminished smaller kingdom. And now he's taking control and taking rule and authority over the entirety of the nation of Israel. You can read it in chapter 14 of 1 Chronicles that the Philistines heard that David was now king over all of Israel and they came against him. And David went out and fought them and defeated them. But then it says they came back a second time. And on the second time, David sought God and he said, God, do I go out against them? I want you to hear what the scripture says. This is God's answer. 1 Chronicles 14, verse 15. God said, and it shall be when you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle for God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. When you hear the sound, you're going to go out. When you hear the sound of marching, you're going to go out first. Joshua said, when you hear the shout, the sound of the shout. And then Elijah said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. 
And now God is saying to David, you're going to hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. And when you hear it, you're going to go out against them because you know God has went before us. Folks, see the progression. This is so clear. First, the sound brought victory to Israel. Second, the sound brought revival to the nation, renewal, restoration. And third, the sound raised up a mighty army of God to go and bring victory to the kingdom of God. I ask you this morning, do you hear the sound? Do you hear the sound? The psalmist wrote it this way in Psalm 89, 15. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Who know the joyful sound. When you look at that word in the Hebrew it's Teru. And it literally means the battle cry. Blessed are the people who know the battle cry. Well, if there's ever a day, this is the day for the church of Jesus Christ to hear and to cry out. We're in battle. We're in war. And we're advancing for the kingdom of God. Do you hear the sound? In the Old Testament, we talked about this last week. We see that God breathed, and that word is ruach breathed on people. But in the New Testament, he didn't just breathe on people. He came like a rushing, mighty wind. When you look at the word wind from Acts chapter 2, it literally means breath. But it's not just a breath that God brought to those 120 on the day of Pentecost. Look at the adjectives that precede it. It was a rushing, mighty wind. A rushing wind, a wind that was coming at full force, at full gale, and it was with violence. That's what the word mighty means. Oh, understand today, God didn't come to be a dove sitting on your shoulder. He came to be the Holy Ghost filled with fire to infuse you, to cause you to stand up and hear the sound of marching for the kingdom of God. Too long we've treated the Holy Spirit like He is some tender little dove that comes to rest among us. I've come to tell you this morning, he is the fire and the power of God. He is the inspiration and the motivation for the church of Jesus Christ to get out of the pew and into the streets, to stand against the forces of darkness. He is that which propels us to places of prayer and intercession, believing that we can war in the heavenlies and change what's happening on earth. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Do you hear the sound? Do you hear the sound? It's a sound of as a rushing mighty wind filled the house. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes, He brings power to you and me. Isn't that what Jesus said? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. After that the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses unto me in Judea, Jerusalem, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. He brings power. That power has a lot of different dimensions. I want to talk about some of those very, very quickly this morning. It's a power that caused Peter to stand on the day of Pentecost and look at a huge group of Jews who hated Jesus, who seven weeks previous, no doubt some of them had been calling crucify him, crucify him. That same group had caused Peter and those disciples to retreat and to hide. Now the Holy Ghost has come. Now the Spirit of God has arrived. Now there's power flowing through him, infusing him, an anointing resting upon him that removes all fear, that breaks every barrier, that fills him with boldness to speak the Word of God and to say to that crowd, you were the ones who crucified him. He didn't hold any punches. He didn't mince any words. 
Read all of Acts chapter 2. It was a strong, strong message. He laid it out for them. And what happened? The same Holy Ghost that filled them with power touched hearts and lives. And that day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, repented of their sins, turned from their wicked ways, accepted Him as the sacrifice and the Son of the living God. Why? Because Holy Ghost had come. And He brings power when He comes into our lives. He also brings a power to speak in tongues. We make a new sound. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Jude 1, 20, build up, your, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost prays through us when we don't know what to pray according to the perfect will of God. Can I challenge every person in this room? You may say that's outdated, that's old, that was only for the apostles. Tongues passed away along with all of the nine gifts of the Spirit. I've come to tell you, that's a fallacy. The Holy Spirit is still the same. And He still comes with power, not only to give you boldness to be a witness, but He comes with power to give you the ability to make a new sound that is echoed through the heavens that men and women will hear and know there's something different about you. See, on that day, they heard them speaking the languages from every place they were from, from all across the region and the area. They said, how can this be? It can only be one way because the Holy Ghost did it. And he moved through them. He moved through them. Acts chapter 4. You'll see again that the disciples are being questioned and pressured to quit preaching in the name of Jesus. But the Bible says they prayed in Acts 4, 29 through 33, enable your servants to speak with boldness, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Here's the point. You and I are living in an age, in a generation that will continue to see greater persecution against the church of Jesus Christ. The whole COVID-19 mess we have seen authorities trying to limit the reach and the operation of the church of Jesus Christ. Mark my word, folks, this is not a one-time thing. There's coming a day, if the Lord tarries, that you and I will have to deal with the fact that there are those around us and authority over us governmentally who don't like the church, who don't want the church on the earth, who don't want the church to function. It's at that moment and that time that you and I had better pray, fill me with the Holy Ghost, fill me with boldness, fill me with your word, and confirm your word with signs following. The world needs a church who's not afraid of the government. The world needs a church that's not afraid of the culture. The world needs a church that's not afraid of the atheist. But a church that will stand up and declare, this is the way, walk ye in it. Fill us with boldness. We also see that when the Holy Spirit came, there was radical transformation. Radical transformation. People who once hated Jesus Christ began to serve Jesus Christ. People who once considered the church the way, is what it was called, an enemy to Judaism, suddenly embraced it, began propagating the message. The most prevalent, you and I know his name, his name was Saul. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was persecuting Christians. 
He stood by holding the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death, the first martyr of the church, giving his approval and permission for them to take his life. He had arrest warrants in his pocket, going to Damascus to find Christians there and to bring them back to Jerusalem in bonds for trial. You know what happened? On the road to Damascus, he had a meeting with Jesus Christ. Jesus appeared to him, struck him down, blinded him. And in that moment, Saul was miraculously converted. You'll notice when you read the scripture that God sent Ananias to him. And he said to Paul, I have come that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he laid his hands on him, those very things happened. And from that point forward, Paul's life was radically transformed. Folks, I'm telling you, when Holy Spirit invades your life, you can use the word filled, you can use the word baptized, they're interchangeable in the Scripture, but when you experience Him as a rushing, mighty wind with cloven tongues of fire setting upon your life, He will radically transform you. I'm sure I'm probably the only one that's ever observed or noticed this. There's a lot of folks who call themselves believers who still struggle with the old lifestyle. I love Jesus. I ask Him to be my Lord and Savior, but I can't kick the habit. I can't break the addiction. I can't stop doing what I know is contrary to His law. Can I tell you how we do that? By the power of the Holy Ghost. What we can't do, He can do. In a moment time, He took a man who hated Jesus Christ and hated those who were following Him, so revolutionized Him, He became the greatest missionary the world's ever seen. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. I'm talking transformation. Come on, folks, don't sit there in your stuff. But hear the sound. Hear the sound. Hear the sound, for when you hear the sound, God's going to do something in your heart and in your life. Peter's another example of that transformation. You remember the story. He was so weak that he couldn't even admit that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. On the outside, he was a pretty tough guy. But on the inside, he was a marshmallow. He had no backbone whatsoever. Matter of fact, a servant, a little girl, said, you're one of them, and he cursed and denied his name. But when the Holy Spirit came, when he heard the sound, when he heard the sound, he was filled with power and with boldness, so much so that that guy who was a marshmallow without backbone stood up between, before thousands of people and preached Jesus Christ. He knew he was risking his life. He knew they could kill him. He knew it wasn't popular, but he did it because he was filled with the power of Holy Spirit. So my question is, have you been radically transformed? Have you heard the sound of the Holy Spirit flowing in your life so that you are radically transformed? And then I want to park here for just a minute and talk a little bit about this last one. When Holy Spirit comes, when we hear the sound, when He fills us with His fire and with His power, when we're radically transformed, He breaks every ounce of prejudice off of our lives. And I've come to tell you this morning, if that's not true of you, you need to hear the sound again. God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't see black or white or brown. 
God doesn't favor one group over another. And it's high time that you and I in the church of Jesus Christ said, Lord, break every, every shred of prejudice off of my life. Destroy it. And I'm going to get in your business this morning. We think prejudice is white on black. I've got news for you. It goes the other way as well. And it's time that we break every shred off of our lives, regardless of our color. You can read it in Acts chapter 10. Peter was called to the household of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile and a Roman soldier on top of that, the enemy of the Jewish people. Peter went and began to preach Jesus to them. An amazing thing happened. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And those who were with Peter, the Jews that were with Peter, suddenly said, how can we deny them water baptism? We hear him saying the same things we said, speaking through the same Spirit through which we spoke. Oh, come on, church, I'm come to tell you that Christianity isn't about Western white America. It's for every man, every woman, every culture, every nation. And it's time we stop playing like God has favorites. He doesn't. He loves us all. He wants to bring all into the kingdom of God. Every shred of prejudice needs to be broken off of our lives. Acts chapter 19, the same thing happened again. Paul went to the city of Ephesus. And if, if you were in the study several years ago, when we went through the book of Ephesus, you'll remember we talked about that it was one of the most hedonistic places, one of the most sensual places, one of the most evil places in that part of the world. Paul went there and he began to preach the Word of God to a small group of believers. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost? They said, we don't even know who that is or what that is. He laid hands and prayed for them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The same sign that happened on the day of Pentecost happened in Acts chapter 10 to a Gentile Roman soldier who the Jews hated, had great prejudice against. It happened again in the city of Ephesus, a Gentile pagan city that the Jews despised. Oh, come on, church. Do you hear what I'm saying? God did a great setup when he sent the sound of Pentecost. And he said, it's for all men and all women, all mankind. No one will be exempted. Tom, come back, please. My question this morning is, can you hear the sound? Can you hear the sound? Because it's when you hear the sound of the Holy Spirit that boldness fills your life, that radical transformation occurs in you, that prejudice is broken off and broken away when you hear the sound. Hear the sound. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled the room where they were sitting. And cloven tongues of fire appeared and set upon each one of them. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Can you hear the sound? Can you hear the sound? Jesus, fill this place with the roar of your Holy Spirit. Fill this place with the roar of victory. Fill this place with the roar of renewal and revival. Fill this place with the roar of battle. Soldiers marching. 
fill this place with the roar of Holy Spirit as a rushing mighty wind sweep through this room where we are sitting sweep through homes that are tuned in this morning across the nation around the world Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday could we hear the sound one more time Could we hear the sound one more time? Holy Spirit, come. Come. Do your work in this house. Do your work among your people. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. You're sitting in this room this morning. You're watching online today. You're listening on the radio as you're driving down the road, wherever you may be. The Spirit of God is calling you. He's convicting you. He's showing you that you need Jesus. Jesus is your answer this morning. Not just for the world, but for you personally. Jesus is your answer. Holy Spirit's talking to you. Right now, simply by, simply by hand, right where you sit, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. Slip it up and hold it there just a moment. Those of you watching online right now, just acknowledge I need Jesus in my life. As I wait a moment, you need Jesus. Slip up your hand. Father, I pray for everyone, both in this service and online, who needs you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today they confess their sin and receive you as Lord and Savior. Today would be a day of change, transformation in their lives. Do a work deep within them, I pray. Changes them forever. Across this room, stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet with me. It's been a number of weeks since we have actually had an altar call. We've done things with you sitting in your seats or standing there. It's been a number of weeks since I've invited you to come. But today, if you hear the sound and you want to be filled, whether for the first time or the 500th time, with the power of the Holy Spirit, as Tom begins to sing, say the name. I simply want you to step out and come. Because you're coming and you're responding to the fact that you've heard the sound of Pentecost. You've heard the sound of the promise of the Father. And you want the same fire, the same power, the same emboldenment as the disciples of old. So if that's you, as he begins to sing, step out and come. Oh, uh... 
Jesus is saving name so precious there's no other name I know that can calm your fears and dry your tears and wipe away your pain cause when you these individuals who has responded who's come with a humble heart and a thirsty soul who's come to say fill me baptize me with the Holy Ghost Lord would you right now let the sound fill their hearts and fill their lives flow through them with that sound of a rushing mighty wind let the fire of the Holy Spirit set upon them right now and Father as of old as on the day of Pentecost, let them begin to speak with that new tongue that they never learned, that comes straight from the Father, that flows from the throne. Holy Ghost, come and baptize your church, baptize hungry souls, baptize hungry lives today. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power. Right now, just say it, fill me Holy Spirit. Flow through me, encompass me, completely overwhelm me. Let me be saturated with the Spirit of the living God. Flow in my life today. I desire all of you, Father, all that you have for me. Come, Holy Spirit, flow in my life today. Flow in my life today. Baptizing men and women, teenagers, children right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you're no respecter of persons. And there's a wide variety of people in this altar this morning. Fill them. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Do the work that you promised in their lives today. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you. Lord, come and fill us. Let us hear the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Let us hear the sound of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Lord, not just a breath of God. We want that violent, rushing, driven wind of Holy Spirit to flow into our lives today. Flow into our lives right now. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. Fill us with your power. Hallelujah. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.
www.thepeopleshow.com.